It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. FK, you ready? Oh. Recorded live. What's up? TNA HeelCast is back. Uh, it's apparently episode number 42 because I've stepped away for a little bit. Uh, I am back as host, Raven Effect, joined with Pearls. What's up, buddy? What is up, HeelCast Nation? Uh, as we get closer to total nonstop deletion... And as we get closer to Christmas, I am uh, very excited to talk about this past episode of TNA with all of you. Fantastic. And uh, for me to come back and be very off my game, we had to reach out and do it big. So back again, the one and only, the legendary, the only FK9. What's up, man? Uh, Well... Rosemary won the Knockouts Championship on Thursday, so to answer your question, I'm up. I've been up since Thursday night. Up all night. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Awesome. We got a lot. Of that we definitely got that stuck about tonight because uh, if that didn't wake that dead ass crowd up, nothing else is going to. So props to Rosemary. Props to Jade. Props to our new other champion, the Impact Grand Champion. Move. There's a lot to talk about for me to come back to, so uh, we'll go ahead and start with our plugs first. Uh, this guy was just talking FK9. Check out Straight Shooting with FK9 on TNA Asylum. Uh, YouTube, FK9, where else are you? You're everywhere. You're over. <laughs> uh, I'm on Twitter, at the real FK9. Just links to all my stuff goes on there. Hell yeah, it does. And also, I mentioned TNA Asylum. Go check out TNA Asylum, the safe haven for us TNA fans where we can discuss TNA without a bunch of trolls and stuff like that coming around. Um, and, you know, it, it's an honest site. Uh, there's, you don't get banned if you don't kiss TNA's ass if you have a different opinion. But, look, we're all fans, and we keep it constructive, and we love TNA there. So hit up TNAasylum.net, our friends at King of the Mountain Radio, uh, our boy Numero 47 with Diva Dirt, Check out my main man, Chef, Heel Team 6, his crew. Always see him on Impact. Check out the TNA Mafia Facebook page, Twitter page. Follow my man, Chef. All right, guys. Um, So we're going to jump into the news here. Now, FK9 and myself have seen a link on TNAasylum.net. Kind of a talk. So take this as an absolute rumor. I do not want anyone to take this as a fact. But there is a rumor that Trevor Lee's gone from TNA. Uh, FK9, I'll, I'll go to you. Do you remember what the actual like Twitter conversation was or what was said? I really don't. Uh, I haven't seen this reported on any official channels. Uh, my knowledge of it is basically like a couple comments on in the comments section on TN Asylum, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, they, they say where there's smoke, there's fire, but I'm not seeing a whole lot of smoke here. Right now, it's just a rumor. Uh, like I said, nothing official. Uh, it would suck if it's true. But, um, you know, 
they just they just had uh, Trevor Lee competing in like a, this big breakout match, or what I thought was a big breakout match for him against three main eventers a couple of weeks ago. Um, but fact of the matter is, he's 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 the only real heel in the X division that they bothered to build up at all. It really means anything. So it would suck if he's gone. But on the other hand, it, maybe that would make, make kind of force them to finally do something with Andrew Everett or, God forbid, Caleb Conley. So, you know, you know it creates an opportunity if he's gone, but it would suck if he is because, I mean, that's a talented guy that's been, frankly, pretty underutilized so far. I hope and pray that Trevor Lee is not gone because he is TNA's, one of TNA's most talented wrestlers they have on the roster. Um, he recently just won uh, AAW Tag Team Championship with Andrew Everett, which is an indie promotion. Um, so I was kind of hoping TNA would kind of get a hint-hint with that and maybe push those two in the tag team division. But I'm also fine with them being in the X division as well. But Trevor Lee, if, if, if TNA loses Trevor Lee, that's a big loss because not only is the guy only like 23 years old, he's got such a bright future. And I really thought he was, you know, progressing to be one of TNA's top guys. You know, I was, I'm totally cool with them, you know, possibly pushing him in the grand championship division. And then maybe in a couple years, he'd be in the heavyweight division. I would love to see it. I think Trevor Lee is just a phenomenal talent. I really hope TNA just didn't release him like, some of the rumors um, that I'm hearing, I really hope that that was not the case. Um, also, Trevor Lee has wrestled a four-hour match before. I think he's got one of the longest wrestled matches in the history of pro wrestling. So the guy can flat out go. Um, I would hate to see him leave. He's got so much talent. And like I said before, I pray that this is a rumor and it's not true at all. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I, the, the breakout match, I mean, they put him in there with the X Division, and you start with that, and the guy's got a lot of talent, and it would just suck if that is the case. Um, and, you know, the, the other thing, too, is, man, this Helms Dynasty tag team is going to be awesome. They, they're so underutilized as a tag team because, my God, if you put those two as a team, you think about what they could do with DK. You think about what they could do with the Wolves. On Davey Richards' last year, TNA has to have that match. Um, and, of course, the, the Broken Hardys. And, fuck, I mean, they can go squash Robbie Ian Grado a couple episodes if they have to. Uh, you know, it, it would be a big loss and a big blow, especially the guy that really uh, has kind of dominated most of the X Division for this year. And, you know, the other thing is that, there may not be any truth to this at all. I've not seen, I, I mean, look, my interest in wrestling has not been what it has been, to be honest with you, but I've, I've went to a couple sites around this time. I've not seen anything confirm that Trevor Lee is gone, so I want this to be taken with a grain of salt, and please don't say that the heel cast told you Trevor Lee's gone, because I I don't see anything to actually confirm it, but yeah, I mean, he could have been screwing with someone, but there was obviously a conversation there where he acknowledged uh, that TNA had released him, but um, Hurls, also, I know that you said something about some tapings uh, that TNA has coming up and a live one night only, and I think a live show you're telling me. So why don't you go ahead and let Hillcast Nation know what you told me? Yes. Um, 
it looks like uh, for TNA for 2017, there were reports before that the tapings were going to start January 4th, which I believe was a Wednesday. Um, that isn't true. The tapings are actually going to start January 5th, which is a live, which is probably, we can all assume that this one's going to be a live TNA uh, impact for that day on Thursday, January 5th. Um, that Wednesday, January 4th, is actually just when the production trucks roll in and they set up for the show. Um, I can also uh, confirm, well, I can't really confirm it yet, but it looks like TNA is going to run a one-night-only live pay-per-view similar to what they did last year in Pennsylvania. So um, I'm looking forward to that because I like the one-night-only lives. There just seems to be a little more uh, excitement for that one because it is live. So um, I'm hoping they, you know, they run some storyline with that. I think they will because they can kind of lean into it on the live impact. So, um, but those tapings overall are going to be from January 5th to January 12th. It's going to be a week long, but it's not going to be all impact tapings. Some of them are going to be explosion. Um, some of them are going to be one night only. And then you're also going to get your, your impact. And I believe they're going to do double tapings on some of the days. So it is a long time. Hopefully the impact zone can, I don't know, stay awake for uh, a little a little bit better than they did this past week. But we can only hope. It's just good to have the tapings announced. So if anybody was still fearing that there wasn't going to be a TNA in 2017, well, that's not true at all. So you can be, uh, you can relax. FK9, you got any thoughts on the taping? Uh, I like that they've finally been announced. I like that they're doing some kind of a live show because, good Lord, after all the months and months of shows that are taped months and months in advance, I'll take anything live. I've don't really watch the one-night-only shows. I probably won't watch this one, but I like that it's happening beyond that. Just happy to hear it, I guess. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's nice. Like, the last live thing we had was Bound for Glory. Uh, a, a long time in the... Since Bound for Glory, like, we had the whole Dixie Billy saga, and it feels a lot longer than just, like, two months. Um, it felt like a really long time for TNA, and you know, it, it's nice to at least see something going because, look, it's just, it's it's been hard morale-wise, and I know, like, that Thanksgiving number was really, really low, and they didn't do a best of when they probably should have. Uh, so, look, hopefully this brings up some, some sparks, some fan interest, a, a lot of things here, but it's just good. And, look, One Night Only Live last, this past year was great. I really enjoyed the show. Hint, hint, TNA, if you're listening, put that out on DVD, please. Um but, yeah, I mean, like, the a lot of the one-night only lose their luster and, and flair, and especially now they're not even trying. They just give it, like, October 2016. Well, big fucking deal. That's not Joker's Wild. That's not knock, Knockout's Knockdown. That's not, like, anything special. Um, you know, the, the stuff that attracts people. So, like, the one-night only live at the live pay-per-view was a really fun show last year, and hopefully it's the same. And uh, it's nice to see them get out of the impact zone. And, you know, Bethlehem was a decent crowd last time. So props to Bethlehem. People also sit on Bethlehem, but when you look at Bethlehem and look at this past week, like don't hate too much. Also, uh, Raven Effect last year's TNA One Night Only Live, we saw, I believe, the debut of uh, 
Braxton Sutter when he was known as Pepper Parks last year. And we also got to see, I believe it was the only time, uh, I believe it was the only time that Kurt Angle squared off with um, Davey Richards in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it was. And it was the uh, Mike Bennett debut. He defeated uh, FK9 Tomboy Robbie E. And what was the other thing that went on? Crazy Steve did the heel turn. And Kong actually won a match that was relevant over to a title shot on actual television. So, Plus yeah, Beer Money. Actual, beer Money did wrestle. They main evented against good old EY and Bram. But we won't be having that Beer Money reunion this time. No, no. Just saying. Because apparently uh, someone's glorious over somewhere else, but good for him, I guess. Now, uh, speaking of somewhere else, uh, I, I haven't watched ROH in like six months, to be honest with you guys. So I just fucking heard Matt Hardy showed up at ROH final battle, broken Matt. You, you guys hear about this? FK9, you hear about this yet? I didn't hear about it until I saw the video of the show where Matt Hardy shows up on the Tron and challenges the, the Bucks of Youth to a match in which they were going to be deleted. And, uh, yeah, the, he actually got the ROH crowd chanting, delete, delete, delete. So, good Lord. Um, I I trust that ROH will take something that's really interesting and milk as little as they can, possibly can out of it, if not less, because that's, cause that's kind of what ROH does. That's why I don't watch the show anymore. That's why every time I try to watch, I just stop. I just can't, I just can't keep going because it bores me to death. But this is... This is interesting. It's it's kind of a coup for ROH because this Matt Hardy character is pretty much the most buzzed about thing in the industry right now. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but did you did you see that video on Twitter of the Young Bucks uh, super kicking Vanguard One? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, no. I did. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I'll give him yeah. credit. Oh boy. Um, Vanguard One was getting chance too, by the way. Holy shit! That's awesome. At ROH. In ROH, Vanguard One. Yeah, there was a Vanguard One. Yep. Give Matt Hardy props, man. This thing has just taken on a life of its own. Um, I think if ROH were smart, they'd do more than just have a match. But I think that's probably what they're in for. They're just going to have a match. Um, you know, if there's anything to be gleaned from the Matt Hardy character, if they can get any kind of mileage out of it, uh, I think they would be really smart to take advantage of that, but I don't think they will because I think that's all ROH is really interested in is just having a match. And I'm sure it'll be a good match. It'll probably be the most high-profile thing on that show and almost surely will. Um, but I don't think ROH is in a position to or, frankly, even interested in really milking that for what it's worth because uh, that, that's a character that really lends itself to so many storyline possibilities, but that's just not really ROH's wheelhouse. So uh, it's a coup for them. It's a, it's a big match to have on their show, but in the end that's probably all it's going to be, just a match. Yeah, this is very interesting. When Matt Hardy was trying to get the total nonstop deletion thing going, he kind of made on Twitter. He he mentioned the Young Bucks, and he he said if if you show up to total nonstop deletion, I will bring my broken brilliance to Ring of Honor. I think I think 
Now, I could definitely be wrong here, but I think that this was a swap. I do believe, I believe the Young Bucks will show up uh, on total nonstop deletion in some way, shape, or form. Um, in exchange, the Hardys, both of them, are going to show up to wrestle the Young Bucks in Ring of Honor. Um, I think there was some type of um, trade exchange uh, negotiated for this. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't even be surprised if the maybe the Briscoes even made an appearance on Total Nonstop Deletion. So we'll see. Um, like I said, I could definitely be wrong there, but I just think that um, this is just too. I don't think TNA would give Hardy. Um, I don't think because I know I know for a fact TNA has certain uh, stipulations in their contract um, that if you go, you can wrestle for other independent promotions, but they cannot be on TV. So the, I, I believe that this was definitely a trade. And I believe that there was some sort of an agreement between the two companies. Um, and now a lot of people are, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll come back and say, well, Cody Rhodes is wrestling in ring of honor. Well, I don't think Cody Rhodes is like officially signed by TNA. So I think that's the difference here. So I do think the Young Bucks will show up on Total Nonstop Deletion. And I do believe that the Hardys will wrestle the Young Bucks in a match of in Ring of Honor some way, shape, or form. Yeah, you make a good point with that Total Nonstop Deletion thing. Uh, I think that's pretty much going to hit the nail on the head. And kind of sucks because it seemed like, you know, a lot of the hype is like, okay, there's going to be this TNA and ROH relationship, which um, would be fantastic for this industry. Just, I think the best thing that can happen, and these two can meet at each other for years, because you want, you know, ROH wants to stop being WWE's bitch, like, work with TNA. TNA wants to stay afloat. Let's work with ROH. Let's maybe get New Japan a little bit happier with us. Let's stay afloat. Let's get some bigger numbers. Uh, I hope that there's a relationship between them. You know, I'd, I'd like to see something like this. Uh, it's about time, and people say ROH would lose their fan base. No, they fucking wouldn't. If they haven't lost it now, they won't do it just for working with TNA. You know, and, like, the ROH fan base, that's a loyal-ass fan base. Um, you know, and with TNA, like, they got to get more respect somehow. Like, that Dixie cloud is still there, and that's, that's not going to make a lot of people say, hey, I'm going to give TNA another chance because, Flat out, Dixie Carter's still there. Um, but th- this is a chance to break a lot of barriers, and I hope that maybe there is a relationship. But, yeah, in my opinion, although I didn't think about it, it's probably just like they came and did total nonstop deletion. Okay, we'll send Matt Hardy over. You put them over on total nonstop deletion, and you put over our waste talent. Probably on a pay-per-view that they'll make a lot more money off of than TNA actually did. But, yeah, uh, our waste will probably just make this a wrestling match, like FK9 says. Uh, they probably won't mail kit and try and get bigger hype, but props to Matt Hardy for being like the biggest fucking thing in wrestling. Um, but speaking of big things in wrestling, we did have TNA Impact. We do have a new grand champion. His name is Moose. Moose Squash. Squash is Aaron Rex. Wins the belt in like what, what was it like two minutes under like under two minutes? Uh, FK9. I know Aaron Rex is your boy, so I'm gonna let you go ahead and give your thoughts on this match here. Um, I'm, you can't even really call this a match. I blinked and it was over. Um, yeah, the ROH guy beat the WWE import. Think about that for a second there. He didn't just beat him. He pretty much destroyed him. 
Um, so it didn't really feel so much like a match to me. It felt more like a like a soft reboot. Like we're uh, we're getting the belt off of Aaron Rex to push uh, that character in a different direction. Hopefully he'll go full blown heel now. He'll stop with the disingenuous babyface stuff and just go full blown heel. Uh, hopefully bring some shades of Damian Sandow back because he was always super entertaining with that character. Um, I, I I like it. I think it's probably a good decision to maybe distance Aaron Rex from what he would do. He was doing before. Finally, just. You give him that little push he needed to become something else because this is a guy that really excels, has always excelled at playing a character. And I think the problem with him early on was that they haven't they hadn't been giving him one. So I think you know there, there's signs that they're probably going to give him a little bit more attention from creative now, and he'll only benefit from that because uh, that is a super talented guy when he's given the right material to work with. Uh, or as Moose being the grand champion, okay, cool. Uh, there's there isn't really a spot for him in the, the world title picture right now, and it might be a little too soon for him to go for that title still. But, uh, you know, he, he's, a, he's a credible guy. He's a lot of people that will buy with um, you know, the mid-card title. Plus, it'll give that title a little bit of a boost because yeah, there, there's always that paranoia in the back of my mind that it'll just you know, devolve back into whatever the, the TV slash legend slash global slash king of the mountain slash whatever the fuck title was where they just treated it like crap and just in you just it just became a joke and never really stopped being a joke so this is a this is a good way to keep that title visible and relevant and you know, just keep keep on presenting it as something that the fans like and the fans want to see and that's something that's important so i think it was a good move uh, for both for both guys and um you know, if, if they wanted to ditch the three the three round structure at this point, I wouldn't complain. But even if that's sticking around, uh, I think Moose is a good guy to have the title. So I think it was a good move for, for both of them. The, before I talk about this segment, um, I just want to touch touch on one thing: um, the season's beating sale is going on uh, with TNA right now, and. Anything, uh, T-shirts or DVDs from 2014 or older are $5. Um, so that's a really good deal if you're a DVD collector like me and Raven Effects. So uh, I highly recommend uh, if you're going to buy some, definitely this is the time to do it. But anyways, going back to the segment. Um, yeah, this match was kind of surprising um, I didn't expect Aaron Rex to lose it that like like that um, uh, in a match that would make Goldberg jealous. But you know, I don't know what they're doing with Aaron Rex because it seems like you know if if they do revert to his Damian Sandow character, great. But at the same time, I just don't want him to get lost in the shuffle in this because he just lost in a minute forty-five. That just makes him look really, really, really weak. So hopefully he'll get his rematch and put up a good fight. But as far as Moose winning the title, it, it, it's, it's a good move because Moose, I mean, he needed something. He needed something to carry the wave uh, of him because he hasn't been doing anything in the last few weeks. So him, you know, getting this title is definitely elevating him to a certain point. And Aaron Rex, Losing, I just hope that he doesn't fall too far down the card where to the point where they forget about him. Um, 
because I, I was enjoying his heel tactics. So um, if he if he does more of it, great. And hopefully he'll get a, story, a, a solid storyline from here on out. I think they need to let the guy loose out there and do what he does because I do see the talent in Aaron Rex. Um, I don't know. It's not clicking. It's it's just not. But the dude, you can tell that the dude has something to him, and they just they got to find a way to just go out there and do what he does best to be successful. Um, you know, I, I just want to say, told you so to everyone that was saying, oh, Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar is going to be so great. I told you it'd be shittier in the first one. It was much worse. So um, I just wanted to throw that out there because everyone told me I was stupid for saying Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg is going to be terrible, and it was worse than I could have imagined. But uh, anyways, there you go, WWE. Um, but I'm glad they put the belt on Moose. Like FK9 said, I mean, is it going to go back to being this just devalued, worthless title? I hope they've learned their lesson. Uh, look, this is a belt with some prestige, and it's not a laughing stock right now. So, uh, you know, it's a good thing for Moose to have. Like, you see big guys like the Ultimate Warrior and Goldberg, you know, they have, like, the secondary titles that capitalize on the Intercontinental title. But I think Goldberg, I know he had the U.S., I think. No, I don't think he had the TV. But, I mean, these belts can catapult you. And, I mean, Moose, for TNA, he's one of the guys that's got some legitimate just aura and star power to him, I think, or at least the potential for Um Poor Jesse Gutters. I mean, what was the payoff on all of that between Aaron Rex and Gutters uh, just to have Moose squash him in an open challenge in a minute and a half or so? But, you know, it is what it is. We got a new champion. I think they put the title on a good guy to have it. Um, so we had the uh, DCC cut a promo on the Hardys where Broken Matt makes his return. Uh, FK9, what do you think of this segment here? Uh, I was confused why they were still talking with that uh, computer distorted voice when we all know who they are now. What was the point of that? Especially since it's really hard to understand them when they're in the arena like that. That was strange. Um, also, them cutting the promos with their masks on. Yeah, that's uh, just looked kind of fake. Um, you know, I, I like the feud. You know, they, they they cut the promo, they get Jeff out there, and they beat him down, and then Broken Matt makes the big save, and he gets the big pop, and you know, kudos to him. It's one of the one of the only times the crowd had a had a real reaction to anything all night. So you know, this is working. Um, it, it was it was good to see Matt back. I didn't think I'd be saying that a couple months ago, but yeah, it's it's a good promo for setting up the main event for setting up. The, I almost said the main event. They treated it like the main event. That's why I got mixed up, because for the first half of the show, you would have thought this was the main event. That's what the hype video at the the start of the show was about. They had a pretty lengthy segment here, then they had a pretty lengthy match around the hour main event spot. So I I liked the segment. It was good. It set up the match well. I didn't appreciate how it was kind of taking attention away from the real main event, because that was was what I was really looking forward to this week. Um, So it's good, but it just... it left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth because it felt like it was just uh, putting the attention on the wrong stuff. I thought this segment was was good, but like FK9 said, it kind of seemed to overshadow the Jade Rosemary main event. But I do understand that this is a storyline that's been building for a little bit now. 
so they got to give a lot of time to it. Um, it was great to see Matt Hardy back. Um, the impact zone, you know, they did a they did pop for that at least, so that's good. But um, I, you know, it, it was a little confusing with the DCC wearing the masks and still using the voice uh, uh, the, to hide their voice. Yeah, it just didn't make sense, really. I mean, we already know who they are. Uh, I guess they're just using it to be different, maybe. I don't know. But um, overall, I mean, I get it. It was to hype up the tag match, and I think it, it did that. And it was it was there as well to get uh, Matt Hardy back. So, you know, in, the, in those regards, it did its job. You know, it, it did its job to bring Matt Hardy back. But, man, when I watched that and just why are they in the masks? Why the computerized voice? And, like, you would see James Storm, like, moving his arm, cutting a promo, like, with some fiercity, and it would be delayed. Like, he'd say, like, one word to, like, three things, and it just looked so bush league and bad and awful, and I'm watching it, like, get this fucking thing off the screen. It just didn't look good. And I think the the DCC is awesome. I think they're a cool stable, um, and, and there's some potential there, especially with Storm as a ringleader and, you know, guys like Bram and Kingston behind it. But, man, it just... That 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 just stood out for me. Like that that ruined the whole thing. But I mean Broken Matt's back. That's what everyone wants to see. There's still life in Broken Matt. I'm sure they can squeeze another solid year out of that. So I mean it did what it did, but I mean do some better editing, TNA. And uh so then we went on to the X Division title match. So apparently um the winners of Team Max Gold, like that winning team gets the title shot. So Braxton Sutter who has no business being in there. Mark Andrews and DJ Z. DJ Z retain. Hurls, uh, Mark Andrews had a heel turn at the end of this match, too. Your thoughts on all this? Yeah, the the match was good. Um, the promos leading up to it were good. I just don't know about turning Mark Andrews heel. I just, his theme music, you know, he's got his band Junior. His theme music's like a a little heavier heavier version of a pop pop punk band. They kind of sound a little similar to A Day to Remember, but not as much screaming. Um, I just don't know if I would have turned Mark Andrews' heel. I just don't know how this is going to go. Like, I think Braxton Sutter would be better for the role, but obviously they can't, they can't do that because of the whole uh, alley angle he's got going. So this just kind of seemed forced to me. Um, I, I mean the way the way DJZ did it, I could see Mark Andrews being upset about it because when DJZ was injured, you know Braxton Sutter was like, "Hey, hey, back off of him, you know, let him, you know, we we can't fight him." So I mean, and and then I kind of understand like when Mark Andrews, you know, he did the shooting star press. And then DJZ kind of waited until the right opportunity to get the to get the roll up. You know, I, I get I get that. I get why Mark Andrews would be upset about it, but I just don't know if he can pull off being a heel. Um, besides the whole you you always steal the spotlight angle, we've seen that you know so many times. Um, having said that, the match itself was really good. 
I enjoyed it. Um, Mark Andrews is a phenomenal wrestler. So if we're going to get Mark Andrews versus DJZ in some one-on-one matches, I'm all for it. Um, I just don't really know how Mark Andrews is going to play the heel role. You know, about that video package, something that kind of confused me about that was I was wondering where the hell did these guys' personalities disappear to? Because everybody was just in, like, uber-generic babyface mode, where it's like, oh, yeah, we're such good friends, and, you know, we all respect each other, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and, you know until they, they raised the question of, oh, we know DJZ's working injured, so is that going to come into play in the match? Will we take advantage of that? I don't know. Well, you know, Mark Andrews did look a little bit more determined than Sutter did, a little bit more likely to take advantage of an injury. Uh, so I kind of saw that coming a little bit, but, um, you know, as for the match, you know, it, it was good. I think it would have been better if DJZ hadn't been selling the injury, but obviously there's some storytelling going in there, so I'm not going to fault them for that. I love that they're finally doing something with Mandrews because, I mean, we talk about how underutilized Trevor Lee is. Well, you know, this guy is even more underutilized. Good Lord. I've been wanting them to do something with managers for a long time, but for a while he's just been like the place filler or the, the, the designated jobber in the exhibition, and he's way too good for that. So I like that he's getting something to work with, finally. But I agree with Hurls. This, uh, the heel turn, I don't know if that was the right way to go. I mean, this feels like an awkward fit, really awkward. I mean, he looks like a baby face. He's got the whole baby face image, the music. His offense is really tailored for a babyface ring style. This just seems very, very strange. Um, and I agree, you know, Sutter probably would have been the better choice. I mean, for a while there, we were all calling for him to turn heel, and how he he was probably just setting up a heel turn because of the way he was behaving seemed like he was a little bit too generic or too babyface-ish, so it might have been teasing something. Apparently it wasn't. Um, so now they're going with a, a Mandrews heel turn. Hey, like I said, I, I'm glad he gets something. If that means he gets a title feud finally, I'm all for it. I'll be I'll be happy to see it. I'll be rooting for him. But as a heel, I don't know. It just seems like a very odd way to go to me. But uh, you know, like I said, if if Mandrews is finally getting something to work with, I'll I'll give it a shot. You know, no one boos Bart Simpson. And, like, that's – Mark Andrews is like Bart Simpson in the 90s. I mean, just skateboard and all that. But, um, dude, I'm, I'm just happy they're fucking doing something with Mark Andrews finally. Like, yeah, it's getting into Jabra the X Division, or he's like the Explosion King. Um, Mark Andrews is an awesome talent, and I'm glad they're doing something with him. I don't know that the heel thing works. Uh, Hurls, just got to say, I'll maybe give you, like, Blink-182 sound, but a day to remember is my fucking band, man. A day to remember sounds a lot heavier than that. I'm just saying, but I'm just uh, I love that. They they you know they 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 go with the metal sometimes, but they also do some of the pop punk stuff as well. They do do a lot of pop pop stuff, but you know they also did music for TNA back in the day. So let's remember that. Um, but yeah, Mark Andrews heel. That skateboard, I guess you know he can waffle some people over that. I hope he wins the belt, like. I'm glad DJZ's a champ, but, man, Mark Andrews has deserved it. So, um, like, that's a few to look forward to. And, you know, how about how about Braxton just pile drives alley? No one's going to see that coming. Turn him heel, put him and Mark Andrews together. Just, 
I can't root for Braxton. I can't. I just can't. I can't root for the guy. Can't do it. But as FK9 says, do it for Braxton Sutter, Dixie. That was like the funniest thing ever, just the way you said that. But, uh, you know, I, I brought up Allie and FK9. Allie finally retaliate. Thoughts? Well, you saw her snap a little bit at Thanksgiving when she tried to throw the pie. It's Maria by mistake. Here's where the exterior is finally really beginning to break down. Uh, Allie is tired of getting so much shit from Maria and Laurel, and she just she just can't take it anymore. She doesn't want to even think about you know Braxton Sutter whispering sweet nothings in Laurel's ear, even though that giraffe is way too tall. He couldn't probably couldn't even reach her ear. But uh, <laughs> yeah, um, this is awesome. I think it's one of the storylines that just continues to fire on all cylinders. In fact, uh, in this, on this show, this was one of the things that really had me. This and the main event were the ones that really had my interest, really helped, really, really grabbed me and wouldn't let go. Um, the crowd loves Allie. They're dying to see this. I think it's time to really pull the trigger on this. Uh, they want to see uh, Allie finally get in the ring and really stand up to these two. And it's time, it's time to do it. I credit them for really taking their time and developing the characters and building this up right, but there is a danger of waiting too long. I think we're about there. I think it's time to see Allie just get some revenge on these two, these two jerks, and uh, it, it's going to be huge when it happens because Allie, she's this close to becoming this, well, she's already a breakout character, but basically the next top knockout baby face. Who else is it going to be? You know, Gail would have us believe that it's Jade, but, you know, I said this on my show, you know, Allie and Rosemary just bring that little something extra that Jade is still looking for. I mean, not that Jade isn't great, she is, but in terms of, like, the character performance and the charisma and just connecting with the crowd, those two, that's, that's your next top knockout face and heel right there is Allie and Rosemary. I think it's time to really... Um, Put Allie in a position where she can wrestle more. Just say that she's been training in her off hours and she's gotten a lot better since the last time we saw her. And, you know, they can do it. They can turn her into a wrestler. It, it's, they can make it work with the character. They can still have her be the underdog, but it's really time to start you know, progressing that and having, uh, having Allie transition into being that next top face that she needs to be. So uh, really good segment. I'm looking forward to... Um, I'm, I'm assuming this is going to lead to some kind of a match with Laurel Van Ness. Uh, so good. I hope Allie can reach high enough to punch her in the face. That'll be nice to see. But, uh, yeah, really good segment. And, uh, you know, hashtag Team Allie. You know, there was something really interesting in this promo with Maria and Allie where Maria goes, you can't even fight. And I was almost thinking, like, are they leading us to finally ha- to showing that Allie actually can? Because the Impact Zone was saying, yes, she can. And by the way, this is when the Impact Zone actually kind of woke up a little bit, which was nice to see um, from their Rip Van Winkle sleep they were doing in the segments before. So that was good. But um, I'm really looking forward to when Allie is finally in the ring. We know she can wrestle, and she just puts on great matches. Um, and, you know, there's only so much abuse she can take after uh, Maria's calling her a bitch 
I mean, that that was the final straw, and she finally uh, slapped Maria, so that was good to see. I also want um, to point out something. Uh, during the week, TNA did an interview with Taylor Wilde, which I thought was pretty interesting in itself, um, uh, where they asked her what her thoughts of this match was, and they asked her basically, you know, what, what she thought of it. And, you know, she was really proud of the knockouts and, you know, how they've come so far. Um, and speaking of 2017, that's one knockout that I would love to see back because she is awesome. And, heck, her and Allie could be a great tag team. Um, they're both Canadian, I believe. So they're they're about roughly the same height. And they have a similar look to them. So... I would love to see Taylor Wilde back. Um, I'm not sure if that's going to happen or if she was just there to do that interview on impactwrestling.com. I'm not real sure, but it was cool to kind of have her back in the news, so to speak. Yeah, I actually saw that that Taylor Wilde thing, too. And, you know, last I knew she was with ROH. So um, I don't know if that's changed. But, look, maybe that's more signs of that TNA-ROH relationship, too, with Taylor Wilde there. Maybe she'll come back and wrestle a couple matches if they're doing some sort of a game. Raven, I think you're thinking of uh, Taylor Hendricks. Oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. You are right. Very right. My bad. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's pretend that never happened to you. Um, But, you know, Afghanistan was saying that uh, Allie and, and Rosemary really have that special something that Jade doesn't, and I, I do agree a lot with that. I also think Sienna has something that Jade doesn't too, but Sienna is just not getting used, and it's a shame. I mean, I thought she was the best knockout champion all year, um, and they've just done nothing with her since she dropped the belt. I mean, literally nothing, uh, which is a shame because that that girl is awesome, and Allison Kay, Sienna, she deserves better. Um, you know, the Sally thing is huge. It's going to be huge. It needs to happen. Uh, you know, clearly it's, I, I agree with that, Canaan is probably going to Laurel, and then after that, you know, obviously it's, there's going to be some sort of a match with Maria. Um, we'll probably see Mike Bennett get that feud with Braxton Sutter. Maybe to at least take him out of the X division. Uh, maybe the Miracle can actually catapult that guy to doing something a lot more entertaining. But positive things to look forward to, I guess. Um, like I said, Alex should be America's sweetheart. She's a star. Uh, and ready for that. Now, uh, Speaking of stars, Pearls, the Hardys defeated Eddie Kingston and Bram with Eddie Kingston taking a pinfall to retain their belt. Your thoughts on this? I really enjoyed the match. Um, I'm I'm impressed with Eddie Kingston. I think he brings a certain intensity that you don't see with a lot of wrestlers nowadays. Um, it just it wasn't just the the chest protector either. I just I think. The way he he moves, and the you know just his mannerisms in the ring, um, it's good to see a guy like that because um, you don't see a, a lot of guys like that. And, and I must say, Bram is probably in the best shape I've ever seen him in. So um, I enjoyed the match. I mean, you know your typical Hardy stuff. Uh, I love the Matt biting the arm of Eddie Kingston and biting the fingers of. Uh, Bram, and then for the double clothesline, that was a cool spot. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely fine with the uh, with the Hardys retaining the belts. 
I hope eventually Kingston and Brand do win the titles, but um, it may not happen until 2017. But I'm very impressed with Eddie Kingston and Bram as a team. Um, so I definitely want to see them get the titles eventually. But um, for now, I think it's good to to keep it with the Hardys, especially with total nonstop deletion right around the corner. So, yeah, it was a good match, good segment. Um, the fans were, eh, they weren't that great for this match. So it kind of brought it down a little bit. But, um Solid match, though. I was looking forward to this just because, you know, it's it's the broken Matt character coming back, and it's the DCC with James Storm in there, and it had been built up, you know, very well and, you know, some really interesting ways. What with that backstage brawl and the Matt having amnesia thing and all that stuff. So I was looking forward to it in that aspect, but I was actually kind of unimpressed with the match. Not that it was bad at all, but... It didn't. It, it felt kind of slow-paced, in my opinion. You know, obviously the crowd wasn't into it. They were just still kind of dead for most of it. That didn't help. Um, but I, it just it felt like it was lacking something a lot at a certain intensity or something. I don't know. But I, I ended up being a lot more uh, in, interested when they were doing that backstage brawl of you know some weeks back. You know, back when Matt you know, originally fell off the crane and you know, broke his brain and all that stuff. I, that, to me, was the most interesting thing they've done together. I mean, this, to me, it, it the match was all right. I wouldn't say it was great. It, I, I wanted to like it a lot more than I ended up to. It just felt like it was missing something. And I'm, you know, a, a certain energy and intensity, I don't know, maybe, the, maybe they, these guys were just worn down because they're approaching the tail end of these, these marathon TV tapings, so everybody was probably just running on fumes at that point. But I don't know. Just it, I, I was hoping for them to just uh, just break it into second gear. I don't feel like it got there. Yeah, you know, it's. I kind of feel like maybe this match shouldn't happen because you can't take the belt off the Hardys, especially with final deletion around the corner. But these guys need to look strong. And, you know, if the Hardys are your biggest act, they're your biggest stars. I mean, clearly you're, you're not going to have them job out right now. Um, but, like, uh, I mean, I, I just think it kind of did some damage to uh, Kingston and Bram, kind of kept that mystique. I mean, why not another DQ and then January live show, uh, you know, all the stuff with Total Nonstop Deletion goes down, all the stuff with the Young Bucks goes down in ROH, and then, you know, um, Let's say the Hardys get a win on the Young Bucks in one of these two. How much bigger does it make it look for Kingston and Bram if they go over? Uh, things like that. But, you know, it, it did its job. And, you know, the crowd, man, it was just the crowd is so bad at these shows. And it's sad. And, yeah, it, it is a marathon taping. We know that. Um, but, I mean, man, something's got to change. Cause that was just, it was hard to sit through and watch this show to see the, the roster get such a poor dead response and look we're shitting on the crowd but like when if if everyone in the crowd was like our boy chef and his crew that are there like that crowd would be like the old impact zone but it's not i mean there's a few fans that are there cheering their ass off and trying to help the company but a lot of people are just not into it and it sucks to see that come off on tv um you know the other thing we saw come off on tv uh eli drake couldn't talk 
as uh, EC3 beat him, kind of teased him there. FK9, your thoughts on that? I was really hoping we'd get an, ep- an episode of The Fact of Life where Eli Drake is trying to get around the you-can't-cut-promos-for-the-rest-of-the-year uh, stipulation by like using like, like nothing but signs or visual aids or something like that. I was really looking forward to seeing him try to get around that, but it looks like you know, they're, they're not going to do it, at least not this week. Uh, it was good to see him. It was good to see EC3 you know, putting over their match last week, saying, hey, hey you, you, you proved something to me. You proved it. You are ready. And then he has to give him shit for it. Like, hey, I'll give you a title shot after I win. Just say the word. Just say the word, Eli. Oh, you can't say the word? All right, I'll screw it then. <laughs> that, was, that was funny. I was really hoping we'd see Eli Drake do something. Uh, I want to see him do something next week because he's only got a couple opportunities to do this before the end of the year. But I, I want to see him try to get around that stipulation somehow because there's a lot of entertaining things they can do with that situation. Um, but um, until then, you know, I'm crossing my fingers we get something from him. But uh, I'm you know, until such time as that happens, I guess I can be satisfied with EC3 giving him a little respect there. Yeah, I mean, FK9 pretty much said everything that was on my mind about this segment. Um, only real thing I can say is e- Eli Drake had some sweet headphones. Uh, other than that, I'm just I'm looking forward to see what they do with Eli Drake in 2017 because uh, pretty much seems like he he doesn't have too much left for the for the end of the year. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what he ends up doing in 2017. All right, and then we had EC3 go out with Eddie Edwards. And so they did the face-to-face promo, uh, hyping up the match for next week. And I'm not going to lie, guys, uh, the Eddie Edwards really got outshined here in this, and that was what kind of stood out to me. Um, Hurls, I don't know what your thoughts were on, on the segment setting up for the match next week. Um, you know, I, I didn't really, I mean, EC3 had a good closing line with the kill them all, uh, you know, statement, but, you know, and, and, and I did like the fact that EC3 said, Hey, I will do whatever it takes to become champion. And, you know, if that's any indication that maybe he, he, he could be a heel again, I don't know what else it would be because, he basically told Eddie that, hey, I'll do whatever it takes to win, and I don't care as long as I'm champion. Where, you know, he's trying to say that Eddie Edwards won't do that. So I did enjoy that. But I felt the promo as a whole kind of fell a little flat. Um, once again, it was probably a product of the impact zone just not doing doing its job. I'm not saying that they have to cheer, but it's just like, you know, it really – brings it down when they're just not really caring about the segment. So um, as far as the match itself, though, next week, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, I actually hope that Eddie Edwards retains. I, I, I hope he does because I feel like he needs to be the champion come 2017 just to kind of solidify his run and, and and to make sure it's not just labeled as a as a joke run or a transitional champion run or something like that. So I'm kind of rooting for Eddie Edwards, but it's going to be a very good match. 
and I kind of expect some shenanigans to take to to take place next week. For the first half of this promo, I was getting a feeling that these guys were not going through the motions because that's not right, but it's kind of like that feeling when you get a you know you have to get out of bed and you got to really, really force yourself to do it because there's something important that needs to be done, but all you really want to do is just go to sleep. It, it kind of got, I kind of got that impression where I looked at EC3 and I looked at Eddie and, like, these guys, are, these guys are tired. These guys are worn out. They're at the end of the TV tapings. They're exhausted. I can just tell. Because there was, there was a lack of energy to this thing. You could... He was just kind of, they seemed a little bit unfocused and they didn't really know where the segment was trying to take them or anything. I think in the second half, they kind of flipped the switch and EC3 got more focused at that point. And I, I agree, he, he definitely outshined Eddie. I think if they want people to really get behind Eddie as a champion, they need to keep him out of segments like this. Because he's against someone like an EC3 or you know, an Eli Drake or, or whoever, he's, he's always going to come off as uh, you know, less polished or less charismatic on the microphone, um, and, and, and I like Eddie, I always have, but it's just that's not really his wheelhouse. And you know, there's other guys that are just going to have a more of a commanding presence as as talkers. Um, and EC3 did have some good lines in there, like I'll stab a friend in the back to become champion. So definitely teasing a little bit of heelishness there. I don't know if they're going to go for it, but it does. Um, paint him in a little bit of a grayer light than we've seen him recently. Uh, I'm not sure that would be the right way to go, but uh, it does uh, add a little something extra to that match next week. I love Eddie. I think he's done a good job as a fighting champion. He's had some really good matches that I think have been undershadowed as champ. EC3 needs to leave the world champ. Uh, It's time to put the belt on EC3. Uh, and move forward with 2017 with your star as the champion because, swear to God, that's what you got to do, TNA. That guy is your moneymaker. You need to promote him. Um, so, <clears throat> congratulations. Rosemary, our new knockout champ. And, guys, I think we have a, another one more towards the end match of the year contender with Jaden Rosemary. They let the knockouts go out there. They let the knockouts go out there and do their thing in main event. This show, they did not disappoint FK9. I'm going to let you go ahead and start this off. Jade, Rosemary, new champ, all your thoughts. TNA really hit all the bases here. Uh, it, I think if there was one drawback, it's that it really didn't have a whole lot of buildup. You know, Rosemary attacks Jade and Gale, and then they set up the match, and you know, two weeks later they have the match. There wasn't a whole lot of impetus behind it. So I think that's something that could have been built up more. I kind of wish it had. But considering there were only a few weeks of buildup, really, this, were, this was really best-case scenario. They, you know, they got the hype videos. Um, they got the promos, and they got, the, they got enough time, not as much time as I would have liked. I'll get to that in a second. But they got enough time that it felt like it was a special thing happening. You know, they got a little extra time for their entrances, and Rosemary got the creepy lights, and Jade got the remixed music, I'm pretty sure. And then you had the hype man, JB, introducing them separately, and it felt like a big match. It felt like they were trying to make this look like a big, important match. 
And, of course, then they had to go to commercials like 90 seconds in. And there was one point, there was one weird edit there where I'm almost positive something got cut out. So I'd really like to see how much footage was actually cut out of that match. I'd like to know how long it was uh, when it was taped, because I'm pretty sure there was there was some stuff we didn't see there. But it's a really, really good match. I think it's probably Knockout's match of the year. Now, unfortunately, there haven't been too many contenders, um, but it, it, I think it pretty much has to be this one. Because, uh, you know, you had the big bumps. You know, you know the big hurricane run off the cage. You know, they're doing bumps off the cage. They got Rosemary um, kicking out of uh, the, not, no, countering, countering the package pile driver. Jay dives off the top of the cage for crying out loud. And Rosemary still kicks out. This was great, great stuff. I think um, I, I would have liked to see maybe one more big bump off the cage, but for what they had here, man, these girls really beat the shit out of each other. And, of course, finally, Rosemary becoming Knockout's champion. The only thing that could have made this any sweeter is if she'd beaten Gail Kim for that because that's the one really big thorn in the side of what was otherwise a really, really sweet segment here because – it, it really bothers me that Gail Kim relinquished the title without having to put anyone over. Because they had, what, freaking eight months of buildup to Gail Kim winning the championship again at Bound for Glory, during which time nothing else felt like it mattered in the knockout division. You had a couple of first-time champions who just had their runs thrown under the bus just because they weren't named Gail Kim. And you'd think, you'd think that after all that time the person who is, becomes champion after Gale would really be put over huge. And they, they couldn't even do that. They couldn't even get that. Yeah, I know Gale's injured. Okay, so be it. But still, it was a really convenient injury, and it bothers me that Gale didn't have to put over anyone. So that kind of sucks. But the point is, Rosemary is finally the champion. This is what I've been waiting for. TNA cannot screw this up. No more hot potato title reigns. No more of the champion taking a back seat because her name isn't Gail Kim. They need to run with this. They need to give her the ball. Let her carry the ball for a good long time. She needs to be a long-term champion. They need to reestablish the credibility of that title because it took a pounding this year, let's be honest. And they need to let Rosemary just be the character she needs to be. She needs to establish herself as the Top heel in this division. Cut a swath. Just go on a path of destruction. Destroy everyone in her path. Really build this girl up as, like, who the hell can possibly beat this lunatic? And then, I'm serious, have her hold that belt until Bound for Glory next year and defend it against Allie. If I had, if I had the book, that's what I'd do. Just build up Allie as that lovable underdog wrestler. Finish their business with Maria and Laurel and just start developing that character as like the, the up-and-coming, you know, plucky, baby-faced underdog character. And after Rosemary's beaten everyone else, beaten Gale, beaten Jade, beaten whoever, have it be Allie, who she faces at Bound for Glory. No, 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 don't, don't go doing some shit like putting Gale in the match just because she has to be in there because she's Gale Kim. No, fuck that. Cherry Bomb and Courtney Rush have the best feud in women's wrestling on the indies. 
It can work on TV. You can do it, and you can make it work. It just has to be the right place, right time. So uh, that's what I would do. Feel free to steal that idea and use it, TNA. I won't sue you or anything. Just go ahead. Just feel free. Just use it. Um, so, yeah, really good match. Great match. I loved the match. I loved Rosemary and Jade finally getting the spotlight because, again, you know, this is, this is the two new girls in the main event. There's, a, there's, there's no name stars here. This is, this, they, they were gifted with a rare opportunity here, and, <clears throat> and uh, I, I like to think they made the most of it. This was maybe one of maybe three times all night when the crowd was really invested in what was going on. So, you know, like the, you, know, you know, they got that rare opportunity, and I like to think they made the most of it. I think TNA really needs to be happy with the results. Yeah. Um, what are they calling Rosemary's finisher now? The red – was it the red wedding? Yeah. Okay, red wedding. Yeah, this this was really good. Um, they treated this like a main event match. They gave these girls time. Um, Rosemary's style is just ground and pound, ugly it up, which I really respect about it because I also really respect Jade's style, and they were showing her Muay Thai training um, that that was really cool to kind of get get you really pumped up for this match. And, you know, Jade did one of the best cross bodies off the top cage I think I've ever seen. And she landed that perfectly, too. Like, a lot of times when you see that spot happen, like, it almost seems the person that receives it kind of has to move forward or they kind of have to catch the person. But, no, this was just perfect, dead on. She... She she nailed it. So that was really cool. Um, I just love the physicality of this match, and the fans were into it. Um, I was glued to my seat during this match. I mean, I didn't know who was going to win because I don't read spoilers, and that's the way I like it. So um, I was glad that, um, I like I said last week, I didn't really care who won because I liked both girls. So. Either way, I would love to see a long feud with these two uh, because they are definitely my favorite two knockouts currently at the moment. Um, you know, I would imagine Gail Kim's going to get back in the picture sometime. I'm not as sour on Gail Kim as FK9 is, but I can also understand why he would be. Um, so having said that, I do also think Rosemary needs to have a long title reign. I don't know about all the way to Bound for Glory, and I, I don't know if it's going to happen, but um, if that were to take place, that, that'd be fine. I also do think that Rosemary and Allie are going to meet at some point. Um, so that'll, that'll be pretty cool. Um, and hopefully we'll see some, uh, you know, maybe like a Taylor Wilde return and maybe have a match with Rosemary. That, that would be pretty cool as well. But this main event was just, it was awesome. Um, this made impact for me. It was definitely the best match of the night, and the crowd was into it. And I really appreciated uh, Madison Rain's commentary on it. I think it's nice that they, they, they bring her there. Um, you know, I, I know Madison's kind of taken a different role with, with the company in the last year, but um, it is nice to have a knockout pers- perspective on the match. So, you know, the main event was an A for me. Um, it made impact, so I was very happy by the end of it and congrats to rosemary you you definitely deserve it um you were one of the shining lights in tina and the 
there was many shining lights in TNA in 2016, but you you definitely uh, you were up there with shining the brightest. So congrats. Yeah, that fantastic championship performance from both girls. Um, you know, we we talk about Gail Kim, and yeah, it, it's disappointing that Rosemary didn't get the win over Gail Kim. Um, however, you know, look, the fact is there's no way in hell that Gail Kim faced this injury. You know, that's that's not something. Um, and we don't know when the injury actually occurred. Maybe Gail had been wrestling with this, and it just got to the point. Um, you know, I, I understand, you know, Afghan is kind of like the ringleader uh, as far as anti-Gail. I'm not as sour as he is either. Um, matter of fact, I'm not really that sour on Gail, um, you know, because she's, she's really made a lot of careers herself as well. And truthfully, in my honest opinion, I think she's going to come back, and I think she's going to make Rosemary even bigger. Uh, I'd like to see Rosemary versus Allie big feud for the knockouts, uh, headlining Bound for Glory or top of the card on Bound for Glory too. Uh, you know, second to the main event or the main event. I think these girls can do that good and it'd be historical. Um, and so that that I have no, no problems with. Um, and I'd like to see it happen and I think we're going to see big things come in the knockout division. Uh, the other thing, you know, fantastic match. Uh, that spot where Jade jumped off the top of the cage, I think she actually outdid Tigre Uno with it. Um, and Rosemary sold the fuck out of that, too. And it was just a great, great match. And look, you know, the women can go out there. They can do what the men can do. They main evented. It had a big feel for a reason. It was a big match for a reason. And they did it right. And I think it made Rosemary. And this girl, from the top she came, from the time she came in early in the year, she made such a huge impact, and she wasn't that big of a deal in the knockouts division. I mean, what was it, one match? I, I know she had a couple on some one night only. Um, you know, she got the victory on Gale already, too. She gets made. She gets made, and I think she may have cemented herself as the best acquisition, the best new talent in TNA. Um, but congratulations, Rosemary. Absolutely well-deserved. Um, you are the one that got away, of course, but I know I never had a second chance. And, uh, you know, Times are in the past, and me and your twin brother still kind of resent you for what you and Steve did to us. But congratulations, uh, very very proud moment, and loved 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 the match. And I'm so excited to see what 2017 brings for Miss Rosemary. Um, but you know, we we talked 2016, and uh, Heelcast Nation. I'm asking you guys, look, we're we got these uh, year end awards we're going to need to do, and uh, the Heelcast. I'm trying to put together some year-in-review shows that are kind of special to me, so I hope you guys don't tune out completely uh, the last couple weeks of the year because we are going to do something, hopefully. Um, it's kind of been a pet project of mine. I just haven't had the time to put into it. But, look, for these year-end awards, you know, we want to hear from you guys um, to put into the, the actual categories. You know, what are your favorite promos from the year, favorite moments, favorite matches? Give us your suggestions on that, please. Uh, send off in the comments or on YouTube or whatever because uh, we're going to have to get those posted here in a week or two. So. HeelCast is going to have to come together and try and put out these awards. We'll put them up on Twitter and CNA Asylum. Get your votes in. Go on for us. Uh, FK9, you got any final thoughts before we send it off for the week? Uh, yeah, one. I think um, I think just to add something to the Rosemary thing, uh, even though this has been one big Rosemary love fest, let's not undersell what an achievement this actually was. Because this is a woman who like you said, was not 
that big a deal in the knockout division. She she debuted, you know, early in the year, so she's been around for a while now. But for the most part, she's been doing her thing as a character and as a manager. We see her get physically involved, and she's been in a match here and there, here and there. But for the most part, she's just been a character. And they took a girl who just got over with the promos and the character and the personality and the crazy vignettes and all that stuff, and they put her in the main event. First time ever, it's actually the, like, probably the biggest one-on-one match that we've actually seen her in up to this point. The first real high-profile match that she's been in where it's just her and not like the Decay, and they made it work. It was believable. And it's just a testament to how well she's gotten over and how well, how she just like instantly just grasped all the nuances of working on television and everything. And, you know, there was no, there was no learning curve for her. You know, she, she came out on her debut night and she just, she just took off. And I think it's really, it's, it's almost, I don't think I've ever seen anyone quite uh, debut as seamlessly as she has. I mean, well, probably have, but not in a while, but this this felt kind of unprecedented for me. So uh, let's just give the girl props because uh, she she really she's really done something special here. Absolutely, girls. You got any final thoughts? Girls, if you are saying them, you're on mute. Just um. Just keep supporting TNA. Um, you know, if you're if you're a DVD collector, like I said before, definitely get some of the season's beatings deals. I think you, you can't go wrong there. If you miss some old pay-per-views that you want to get, it's definitely a good time to do that. Um, you know, I, I think 2016 was a was a great year for TNA. I mean, it, you know, it was trying at times with some of the you know off the television stuff, but you know, it kind of seems like there's some financial stability. So now we can just finally focus all our attention of, to what's going on in the actual product. So I'm kind of looking forward to that because it, it can get kind of tiring reading all this, you know, negativity all the time. So, um, but really, uh, I'm looking forward to next week's match with Eddie Edwards and EC3. And I cannot wait for total nonstop deletion. Um, so that's really all I got. All right. Well, uh, Hillcast Nation, thank you for turning, tuning back. I am your host, Raven Effect, with FK9, with Hurls on behalf of uh, Brother Underscore, Numero, DK, everyone that uh, we don't have here with us, including our boy Griggs. Uh, thank you for checking out the Heel Cast. Have a great week. Check out Impact Wrestling this week. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.